take our Bibles this morning to two passages. Mark chapter number 10 and Luke chapter 18. Mark chapter 10 and Luke chapter 18. This last week I spent most of the week in Mexico on a small missions trip and had a good time with that. It was my first time being in Mexico, first time preaching in Mexico. And so I can understand, I comprehend more Spanish than I can speak. So my, my me speaking it is muy poquito. That's where I'm at. And so getting down there, I thought to myself, if I preach or if I teach 30, 40 minutes in English, and then they got to translate what I'm saying, it's going to take double that time was my thought. So I decided the first message down there, I decided to shrink it down a little bit because I thought I wouldn't have enough time. So got started and got through it in 25 minutes with both of us. And I'm like, wow, that wasn't that good. And I had 25 more minutes I had to fill in. So I just kept on going without any notes for the rest of 25 minutes. Something that was interesting to me is I get distracted very easy in a service. So the first time having a translator, I was more paying attention to see if I could pick up if he was saying what I was saying, then, then making sure I was ready to say the next few words I was going to say. So I would say the Bible says this, and then I would listen to him. Oh, yeah, and, uh, and I would forget where I was because I was more listening to him. After the first message, we got it figured out together. And so I actually had a good time with a translator. It was fun. And uh, tonight, if you come this evening, I'm going to show some videos and some pictures of the whole thing. So if you're here tonight, you'll see that. Or look online, you'll be able to see it. And um, I learned some things in Mexico. First, and only lesson I'm going to give you this morning, tonight I'll give you more lessons, but tonight I'm only going to give you one. I've been pastoring here for over 11 years. And there are some people, they are just late to church. This is what they always tell me. I'm just on Mexican time. I don't say that. That's what's been said to me. So I want to give you a lesson I learned this past week. So on Monday on our way down, I was with Brother TJ from Core Missions. He was here in November. They have a van that they take to Mexico often. It has to get registered if you go past a certain part. Because if you get pulled over there, they'll take it. You can drive to a certain part without having it registered in Mexico. So we got to the registration office there. So we're there, going to get this van registered. It weighs too much, so they had to call someone from another city to come down. So we're there, and this is what they said. The lady will be here in 40 minutes. And I'm like, I know the people in my church. 40 minutes is going to be two hours. They're on Mexican time, right? That's what I thought. And you are the ones who told me you're on Mexican time. I didn't come up with that myself. And so 38 minutes later, the lady was already there. I think you guys lie to me. For a government worker in Mexico to be early? I think that's just an excuse you've used with me for 11 years that you're on Mexican time. I was, you go to the DMV here, and there's a sign that says you have a 30-minute wait. You're there an hour or two. You can't tell me, well, maybe the government of Mexico is more efficient than America, but I don't think so. 38 minutes she was there. So don't be telling me anymore you're on Mexican time. You're just late, okay? And we're, let's remember that today. So I, that's the first lesson I learned. I'll give you a few more tonight, but I thought that was pretty funny. And so this morning we're continuing on in our series about through the book of Mark. We're going to read this passage in Mark, 
and we're going to read it in the book of Luke, and then we're going to break it down this morning. Mark chapter 10, look at verse number 46. The Bible says, And they came to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Now go to Luke chapter 18 with me. Luke chapter 18. Same man we're talking about here. Luke 18, verse 35. And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood, or at verse 39, and they which went before rebuked him. They should hold his peace, but he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, what wilt that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people. When they saw it, gave praise unto God. Father, bless the next few minutes we have this morning. We love you. We need you. We thank you for this passage. Help us get what you have for, from it for us. We need you today, and we thank you for this passage. And as we dive in a little deeper this morning, in all reality, each and every one of us today that are saved in this room can really relate to Bartimaeus here. This is us. This is what you did for us. Bless the time that we have. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Think about being blind. Can't really comprehend it. Close your eyes. Imagine that's all you see your entire life. You never see the face of your mom and dad. You never see the face of your children. You never see a sunset. You never see the beautiful mountains behind you. You don't see anything. This is how Bartimaeus was. The Bible says that he was a beggar on top of that. This man had nothing. This man was hopeless. 
until one day Jesus passed through the city. We looked at la the last few weeks, we saw that Jesus was going to Jerusalem because he was about to suffer many things. Last week we saw how the disciples were arguing with one another and wanted to be the greatest. One to sell on the left hand, one to sell on the right. James and John, right? And the last thing Jesus said before we read this today, he said, The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. He's on his way south to go to Jerusalem. On the way to Jerusalem, he's there in Jericho. I think of Jericho, I think about the Old Testament story about the walls coming down. They marched around the walls one time a day. On the seventh day, they did it seven times, blew the trumpets, the wall came down. That's what we think of Jericho. Jericho is quite the city. Jericho is a little higher than some of the other desert areas of that area, and it's a nice, nice area, more of a tropical climate. And when we think of Jericho, Jesus is coming and passing through Jericho here. But there's a man here that's been begging on the side of the road on the way into town. He's a beggar, he's blind, and all of a sudden, he hears a bunch of people coming by. He can't see them, right? We read in Luke that as they passed by, he asked them, what's going on? Because he couldn't see what's going on. So we asked them what's going on. And they said, oh, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Okay. Next thing we see this man do is he cries out, Jesus, son of David. He doesn't call him Jesus of Nazareth. He calls him Jesus, son of David, which we'll get to later on in the message today. Have mercy on me. What does the crowd do? The Bible says in Luke that they began to rebuke him. Hey, be quiet. Leave Jesus alone. He's just passing through. He doesn't have time for you. Leave him alone. What does the man do? He doesn't get quieter and stop. He cries out so much the more, Jesus, son of David! He gets louder. Have mercy on me. And the Bible says that Jesus stops. He stood still. You don't see that very often with Jesus. He doesn't marvel about a lot of things. Twice we see him marvel about someone's faith. Not once was it a Jew. Think on that one. But this man cries out to Jesus. Jesus sends some of those who just rebuked the man to go get the man to come to him. And Jesus heals the man. What a passage of Scripture. This morning as I give you the background and as we dive a little deeper and I give you four points, this morning I want you to consider yourself to be Bartimaeus this morning. Each and every one of us are just like this man. And in all reality, this man was a real man, and these things happened to this man. But as we will read and go di deeper into the message this morning, you're going to see that really Bartimaeus, he really represents you and me as well, and what the Lord did in our lives. So this morning as we dive in, I want you to look and focus in, and I want you to picture yourself in Bartimaeus this morning. 
Number one, as we dive into the message today, as we talk about spiritual growth and going from blindness to blessing, we see the first thing that has to happen is you have to recognize your condition. Recognize your condition. We look at verse 46 of our text here in Mark chapter number 10. It says, And they came to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus and the son of Timaeus sat by the highway side begging. We get introduced to a man by the name of Bartimaeus. Now the prefix bar means son of. And Bartimaeus, so what does that tell us? He's the son of Timaeus. What a name, right? It's easy to understand what his name means. Now, if you look at the name Timaeus, in, the, in, in, a, in Aramaic, it means defiled and unclean. So if you were to look at the Aramaic there, Bartimaeus means he's the son of the defiled and unclean. You look in Greek what the word Timaeus means, and it means honor and dignity. So he goes from, so in Aramaic it means defiled and dirty. In Greek it means honor and dignity. So you got a man whose name literally can mean he's, defi- he's the son of someone defiled and dirty, or he could be the son of someone with honor and dignity. Think on that for a minute. Where were we before salvation? Defiled? Dirty? After salvation, where are we? Their honor and dignity because of what Jesus Christ did for us. You see the similarities there? Some of you are giving me a look like, where are you going with that? Just hold on. I know where I'm going sometimes. And sometimes I don't know where I'm going. But it works out. I just, per- you just pretend like you know where you're going. You know, fake it till you make it in that area. But anyways... No, it's not good. That's not good. That's a hypocrite. But anyways, we'll leave that alone. This man's name means defiled and dirty, and it also means honor and dignity. And it reminds me of the fact that all of us are very unworthy today. We, there's none righteous, no, not one. We are defiled, we're dirty, we are unworthy But because of Jesus Christ and because of what he did in our lives, we are worthy. Not worthy because of anything in ourselves, but worthy because of who he is and what he's done in our lives. We see this man, the name Bartimaeus here. The Bible tells us that he's blind. The Bible tells us that he's a beggar. In Palestine, blindness was a big thing and a big problem, a common problem. And generally, when someone is blind, either from birth or something happening later on, they never receive their sight again. The Bible tells us God wanted special care for those that were blind and deaf. The Bible tells us in Leviticus 19, verse 14, Thou shalt not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but shalt fear thy God, I am the Lord. But there were many in that day and culture that felt that if someone was blind, or deaf, or had some deficiency, that there was some sin problem. Who sinned? Who caused this? John chapter 9, verse number 2, we see his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And many in that culture would look at someone born blind and be like, someone really messed up. Someone did something bad for this to be the case. And you got to be very careful that you don't judge someone 
based on trials that they go through or physical handicaps that they might have. They might be the best Christian alive, and you're saying, well, God must have done this because they did something. Don't, you cannot judge, don't judge someone else. Look at yourself and take care of self. Judge not that ye be not judged. I think the Bible says that makes that clear. But it's a common thing then, and we still at times do it today. Many, as I mentioned, thought that blindness was a consequence of sin. Bartimaeus, as we look at him, was a beggar, and he was blind. He was hopeless. Any similarities with us? Before salvation, the Bible says that we're blinded. 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. You see, before salvation, we are spiritually blind. We are beggars. We have no future to look forward to. Before salvation, we are helpless on our way to hell with no future, nothing to go forward with. Bartimaeus was the same. He was a beggar. He was blind with no hope. You see, to go from blindness to blessing, it begins with realizing your condition. Our youngest, Matthew, I got home from my trip. And so in the past, I never pressure my kids into getting saved and trusting Christ. It's got to be a decision that they make. I just started at a young age talking about salvation. So when I got back yesterday, Alyssa comes to me. I've been talking to Matthew. He's ready to get saved. Go get him, Dad. I thought that was pretty funny. And so Matthew comes by. I say, hey, Matthew, what's sin? It's doing bad things. That's a good answer. That works. He said, have you ever sinned? Nope. You've never gotten mad at your sister or brothers? No. Have you ever told a lie? No. You just did, kid, but no. He said no. I said, have you ever disobeyed mom or dad? No. What does that tell me? He has not recognized his condition yet. You can't go forward in salvation until you realize you're not righteous, that you on your own can never get to God on your own. And so Matthew's got a little bit further to get before he gets that figured out. He's not quite ready, even though Alyssa said he was. Bartimaeus here, he's blind, he's a beggar, he's hopeless. He knows his condition. Before Salvation Church, we know our condition. We're blind. We're beggars. We're helpless. But one day, this beggar that is blind and hopeless hears a commotion. He hears all these people around him. And he asks someone, hey, what's going on? And you notice the people responded by, hey, it's Jesus of Nazareth. They give Jesus' hometown, they mention. And so number one this morning, as we looked at here, you got to respond. Or as we see it this morning, you have to recognize your condition. Secondly, 
You've got to respond with belief. So what we see here is the crowd tells them, hey, it's Jesus of Nazareth. They're just saying, hey, it's, this is Jesus, and he's from his hometown's Nazareth. That's all they say. It'd be like, Brian, I grew up in Wildemar. So, so how many of you know where Wildemar is? If you don't know where Wildemar is, I don't know. It's just a small little town down by Lake Elsinore and Marietta, and if you cough, you miss it. You go right past it. It's gotten bigger, though. It used to be when I was a kid, there was under 1,000 people there. The sign says there's like 30,000 people now. So it's really, it's a growing metropolis. It's going to be the size of L.A. before too long. Probably not. But they were just saying, oh, it's Jesus. His hometown's Nazareth. That's all they said. No one told this man, oh, this is, this is a prophet. Or this is the Messiah. That's not said. Although we hear the people say, hey, this is Jesus of Nazareth. You notice, though, how does this man respond when he hears that it's Jesus of Nazareth? Now, this man had to have heard the scriptures before. Because he says, Jesus, thou son of David. He does not say, hey, Jesus of Nazareth. No, he knows who this man is. And he responds, this is the thing. He could not see Jesus. He did not know if this, he heard the crowd say, this is Jesus of Nazareth. He was blind. He could not see. And he responds in blindness with belief that Jesus was there. He had heard the scriptures that the Messiah was coming. And yet so many in that day missed it and they could see Jesus physically. This man could not see Jesus, and we see the fact that he responds, Hey, Jesus, thou son of David, what was he saying? Jesus, you're my Savior, and you're the one that was prophesied about in the Old Testament to come from the throne of David, and you're the anointed one, and you're the one I want. This man finally found someone who had something that could help him. Maybe someone could put change in his bucket, or someone could help get him from one place to another, but when the, he hears the crowd, hey, who is this guy? What's going on? It's Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, this is the guy. He's finally here. Hey, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm just a beggar. I'm just a blind man. You're the son of God. You're the anointed one calls him the son of David, we think about what the angel told Mary in Luke chapter number 1. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. When blind Bartimaeus here confessed Christ as the son of David, he was responding and saying, I believe that Jesus is the chosen one, the Messiah. He is God. That's what he's saying here. Every Jewish person would have known that one of the signs of the Messiah coming was the fact that he would heal blind people. The book of Isaiah 35 tells us in verse 5, Then shall the eyes of the blind be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. When John the Baptist went to prison and John the Baptist started having some doubt, John the Baptist had told some of his disciples, go, go find Jesus. Ask him if he really is the one. 
This was Jesus' response in Matthew chapter 11, verse 4 and 5. And Jesus answered and said to him, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them. Bartimaeus first recognizes his blindness and then responds with belief. He knows who Jesus is. I think there were many in that crowd that didn't know who Jesus was. Bartimaeus asks, who, what's going on? Oh, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Wait, 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 wait. Jesus of Nazareth? The one? The Messiah is here? The one who can do something for my condition? Hey, church, remember how I said we're just like Bartimaeus here this morning? After we recognize our condition, you remember the day that someone shared with you the scriptures? And you remember how they told you that you weren't righteous enough, that your good works could never get you to heaven, and you were bound to hell being in your sin? And I don't know about you, but me, I felt kind of helpless at that moment. But then they shared with me that God commendeth his love toward us, in that way where yet sinners, that Christ died for us. And for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. And I start hearing these verses about Jesus being the son of God, and I've never seen him before. All I have is a book and people telling me about him. And what Barmaeus realized that day was, I've been helpless all this time, but the one who can change my life, the one who can make things better, he's right here, and I'm going to get him. Wasn't that how it was at salvation? You hear your wretched condition, you hear there's no hope, and then you hear about Jesus, and you hear the story about how he lived a sinless life, how he died on the cross for our sins, how he was buried, three days later rose again. You're like, i got to get to that guy. I need him. You see the similarities between Barmaeus and us this morning? I think they're there. Number one this morning, as we look at the message, we see you've got to recognize your condition. Number two, number two, react, or number two is respond with belief. And then number three, react in faith. React in faith. The Bible says Barmaeus knew that he needed help, and he knew that Jesus was the one who could help him. So what does he do? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what does the crowd do? Leave him alone. They brought, you, he doesn't have time for you. He's busy. And maybe the disciples, he said we got to go to Jerusalem. He doesn't have time. They picked up probably on part of what he said, but missed that he's there to minister to people. But anyways, they rebuke this man. And tell him, you need to just be quiet. Leave Jesus alone. You're blind. You're a beggar. Just leave him alone. And what does he do? I know that Jesus is the one. I know he's who I need. So he cries out even louder. Jesus, son of David! And there were a lot of people there. It says a multitude. He's louder than the, He's getting Jesus' attention. He can't see him. He doesn't even know where Jesus is at in the crowd of people. But what this man knows is that they just said that the Messiah is here. He's helpless. He cannot get figured out on his own. He read and he knew. Oh, he didn't read. He heard about how Jesus was going to come. And when he heard that that Jesus was there, he didn't know for sure that he was really there. He hadn't seen him. He just heard he was there. 
He doesn't know which direction he is. He doesn't know how far away he is. And so he's going to cry out and get Jesus' attention. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people are like, leave him alone. Don't bug him. They, the, the word rebuke means to punish sharply. They got after him right away. Leave Jesus alone. He's busy. He's too busy for you. And what does the man do? He cries even louder. And what does the Bible tell us happened? Jesus stood still. He stopped. This man has lived his whole life blind. He's a beggar. He's hopeless. He's heard about Jesus. He believes in Jesus. And he's told that Jesus is right there. And what is he going to do? He's going to get Jesus' attention. Jesus could have been a half a mile away. He could have been standing right next to him, and he wouldn't have known. He was told that Jesus was there. He reacts in faith. Isn't it interesting here how bold and courageous he is? What does he ask the Lord for? Mercy. Because he realized he deserved nothing. There's a big cry in our world today for justice. Justice, justice, justice. I hope you never cry to God for justice. Because if we got justice, we'd all be in hell today. That is justice. Why did he cry out for mercy? Because he realized what he deserved. Many people in life, I deserve better. I don't want to offend you this morning. But I'm just going to say it. None of us deserve better. There's one thing everyone in this room, including myself, deserves this morning. We deserve hell. That's what we deserve. But I love how this man cries out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy. The word mercy is used over 200 times in the Bible. And there are a lot of different synonyms for it. Loving kindness, goodness, favor, pity, and compassion. It's been defined as bringing help to the wretched and exhibiting compassion for the miserable. Sometimes people confuse the difference between mercy and grace, but mercy is not getting what we deserve. We deserve hell, so mercy is not getting hell. Grace is getting what we do not deserve. Grace is getting eternal life. Grace is getting heaven. That's the difference between the two. But if we look here and we see this man here, and we see that he reacts in faith. And as a result of his bold faith and repeating it when others told him to be quiet, Jesus stops and stood still. Jesus hears the cries of those that need him. One commentator wrote it like this, and I, I love this. The cry of wretchedness was far sweeter to him than their shallow hallelujahs. Can you imagine what that crowd must have felt like when they're getting after this man and Jesus stops? And then what does Jesus, he tells them, hey, go get him and bring him to me. Side note here. That's how, that's how the gospel works today. Jesus sends us to go get them bring them to him. He's the one who saves. 
He's the one who does the work. We're the messengers he sends to get people to him. We're not to get people to our church. We're not to get people after a man. We're to get people to Jesus Christ. That's what we see right here. And you see how he sent those messengers, the ones who were the ones telling, rebuking him. Go and tell him to come. So we think about this thing about reacting in faith. It's interesting what they say. Look at what the people say to him. And so when Jesus stood still, verse 49, and commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. That's a little different than what they had just said a few minutes ago. They're rebuking him and telling him he needed to be quiet. And now they say, be of good comfort. To be of good comfort means to have courage. Be of good cheer. Their attitude completely changed. They go from telling him to shut up to telling him, hey, it's all going to be okay. Be brave. Be courageous. And that's what he's been doing that whole time. We look at this and we see that Bartimaeus does three things as he reacts in faith. First thing he does, it's found in verse number 50. The Bible says he cast away his garment. He cast away his garment. His cloak was all that he had, but he left it behind to get to the Lord. Now, was he going to trip on it because he was still blind? I don't know. But it kind of reminds me of that verse in um, Hebrews 12, verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This man cast his cloak away. The next thing it says is he rose. He sprang up. The word rose there means to jump up. Now if you're blind, are you really going to just jump up into a spot you don't know? You got to be careful where you walk. In Mexico this last week, we were in a village and we got stuck in traffic. I'll show a picture of it tonight. And this cow was blocking the road. And then it got mad at us and then it started running down the road and then we could go a little bit more, and then the cow stopped and gave us, it kind of yelled back at us, and in a way only a cow can. And then we were, it was, that's the traffic we were stuck in. But we decided there was a river not too far away, so we walked down to the river. But where a lot of cows walk, you really got to keep your eyes open for what you step in. Right? This man's a beggar on the side of the road. He doesn't know what he's going to step in or what's going to happen. The Bible says he arose, he sprung up, he jumped up. That was not a usual thing to happen. Then what does the Bible say? Thirdly, he came to Jesus. It wouldn't have been enough just to throw off his cloak and jump up. He needed to actually come to Jesus. And, and Luke, it tells us that he actually, that there were some in the crowd that helped bring him to Jesus. And then we see Jesus in verse 51. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Did Jesus already know what the man needed? Jesus did know, didn't he? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He had faith. Doesn't that kind of remind you of our story? We know our condition. We've heard what the scripture says. Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you died and you were buried. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Save me. He 
see the comparisons there? He came to Jesus just like we come to him. Bartimaeus is just like each one of us this morning. You see, how do we go from blindness to blessing? Well, it begins by recognizing your condition. Hey, you look at people that struggle today with drug abuse and they have lots of addictions and problems in their lives. You want to know the best place to start with getting help? You got to recognize you have a problem. The prodigal son, he came to himself. And people have to get to the point to where they come to themselves. You recognize your problem. And then Bartimaeus, he, what did he do? He had belief. He reacts in faith which meant number four and lastly this morning, he receives his blessing. Verse 52 tells us, And Jesus said to them, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now we read earlier in Luke, Thy faith hath saved thee, it says. The word whole and the word saved are the same word. This man not only received his sight this day, but this man received salvation this day. That's what he got. Ye have not because ye ask not. This man, Lord, Lord, what, 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 would, what do you need? Oh, I'd like to see. And Jesus says, I'll help you see, but I'll also give you a home in heaven because your faith in me has saved you. How do we get saved this morning? How do we come to the Lord? By faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Say, how do I receive the blessing? You trust Him by faith. You see, I am so glad that Jesus took the time to help this man. Because this man represents each and every one of us in this room this morning. This man who was defiled and dirty became a man of honor and dignity because he knew he couldn't help himself. He heard about the one who could, and then he heard the one who could was right there. And he was going to get to the one who could help him. And when he had Jesus' attention, and he had faith, Jesus stopped. There are not many people that get Jesus to stop because of the faith that they have. This man had faith. And Jesus said, what, what, do, you, what do you want? I'd like, I'd like to see. Okay. And your faith saved you. How do we go from blindness to blessing? The same way Barmaeus did. From recognizing our condition. Having some belief in him. Reacting in faith to that belief. And then you receive the blessing. So as I studied this passage, and as I've been studying it for a while, I always, I love the story of Bartimaeus. Because I just picture myself in the story. Yes, Bartimaeus was a real man. And yes, Jesus gave him sight and made him whole that day. But I see myself so much, and there's so many stories in the Bible that you can read, and you could picture yourself in the story. But this one, it really gets no clearer than this beggar, blind, helpless man heard that Jesus was there. 
he responds in faith to someone he's never seen, only heard about, and he's made whole. That's what Jesus did for us.